Welcome, everybody, to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito and Janice Gant and Tom Bridwell. What's up, everybody? (laughs) I feel like I just saw you guys. God, it doesn't seem very long. (laughs) So what happens when you do week to week. We're gone too much. We are gone too much. Between the three of us, it's really like... Impressive but, that we can even find a day I to know, record. But we do. Yep. We get we her do. done. Uh-huh, we're not going to give up. And I'm super excited to continue the conversation that we started last week. Man, I love this one. I do too. I really do. This is really fun for me to go back over this because it's I been bet. a while since I actually went through all of them together. I need it's really the, good. It's, I need, it's a lot for me to work on. Yeah. Which I'm excited about. Yeah. Like, this is the work I love. Yeah. And you know, you, I think, I think what a lot of people will find is that this really, they do this, Mm -hmm. they do these things Mm -hmm. anyway, a lot of them, Mm -hmm. you know, but Mm -hmm. then there are some that you think, okay, well, I'm going to really make an effort Mm -hmm. uh to make sure that I met, that I meditate 30 minutes in the morning and in the afternoon. And I don't even know if I'll actually do that. Mm You know, but I but I do think that it's I think it's interesting and I think it gives people some applicable moves mm-hmm. to get their lives in a place where they really want it to be. Yeah, I, I I think your point is a great one. You know, you take the parts that really speak to you and that you love and you can kind of leave behind the rest. There's no way I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes twice a day. But like when I go out and walk. I try really hard to, if I can, to leave my phone or leave, uh, I don't take headphones, Mm -hmm. you know, and I really try, I really like to hear nature, like Mm -hmm. that one from last week that says, and so for me, that is a form of meditation. Oh, there's no doubt. You know? Yes. So don't think it has to look exactly the way. Everybody, like the Deepak is. Yeah, you don't saying, have to sit on a, cu- a cushion with your legs crossed and, and say, have incense mm, burning yeah. in the background. <laughs> exactly. I used to do that. I had a little table and I would sit and burn incense. Well, I don't like the way incense smell. You don't? No, do I, you? Uh-huh, I actually do you like do. it. Uh-huh. It's a very distinct it is. smell, but it's it's a little strong for me. Yeah. So we need to thank Alex Verson. He is a dear friend of mine, and he's our sponsor today. Oh, Alex, thank you. does not miss a remedy. Oh, that is so amazing. Doesn't miss... A remedy. He's he lives in Oregon, and he's just. I wonder a how many total guy stud. listeners we actually have. I don't know, but I bet they're great people. <laughs> <laughs> their wives owe us. They're very smart, <laughs> evolved men in this world because of Tova and Janice. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. He he doesn't miss. He really doesn't. He always sends like a little something from from the podcast that he listened to that he liked. That's or, really cute. So, how did he become your friend? Uh, through another friend. I met him oh. through uh, another girl that I knew and that he actually dated. And But we've just remained friends. Oh, and that's really cool. He is a lovely human. and um, Nice. Yeah, and he's just a big fan, which I really, really, really appreciate. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so do you want to just give a quick intro just in case somebody did not yes. listen to last week? So what we have 
what we talked about last week, and we're going to continue to do it today, is based on Deepak Chopra's uh, seven spiritual laws of success. And years ago, when I fir- very first heard about these, I really delved into this and uh, and read a lot about it and actually practiced a lot of these things. And uh, for those of you who are, may not be familiar with Deepak Chopra, he is a very spiritual well-known spiritual leader, Mm -hmm. teacher, guru, guru, Mm -hmm. and on meditation, personal growth, love, spirituality, career and success. And he's very, the thing I like about him in listening to him, and you can download this and, and he is the one that talks about it. Mm -hmm. And I, I love it because it's so real and it's real, really applicable and sensible and not too accessible uh uh-huh very accessible and not too woo 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 Mm -hmm. you know out Mm -hmm. there on the edge i agree with that about him yeah i think that's why i like him his way really speaks to me i think so too tova Mm -hmm. yeah you want to start with the next one sure so we're on number four or wednesday um and this is called i really like the title of this one the law of least effort. <laughs> so it says, accept people, situations, and events as they occur. Take responsibility for your situation and for all events seen as problems. Relinquish the need to defend ooh, your point of view. Wow. That, mm-hmm. That's some advice right there. Mm-hmm, isn't it? Uh, okay. This says, he continues to say, nature's intelligence functions with effortless ease, with carefreeness, harmony, and love. And when we harness the forces of harmony, joy, and love, we create success and good fortune with effortless ease. The, I guess the mantra is, I will put the law of least effort into effect by making a commitment to the following steps. I will practice acceptance. Today, I will accept people, situations, circumstances, and events as they occur. I will know that this moment is as it should be because the whole universe is as it should be. I will not struggle against the whole universe by struggling against this moment. Wow, I like that. Mm -hmm. My acceptance is total and complete. I accept things as they are this moment, not as I wish they were. Having accepted things as they are, I will take responsibility for my situation and for all those events I see as problems. I know that taking responsibility means not blaming anyone or anything for my situation, and this includes myself. I also know that every problem is an opportunity in disguise, and this alertness to opportunities allows me to take this moment and transform it into a greater benefit. Today, my awareness will remain established in defenselessness. I will relinquish the need to defend my point of view, and I will feel no need to persuade others to accept my point of view. I will remain open to all points of view, and I will not be rigidly attached to any one of them. This is a life world changing concept. Isn't this is it? a world 
changing concept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I think so many people, not only do they think that they're right, I think they think others are wrong. Mm-hmm. Of course, I think I'm right. Mm-hmm. It's my thought. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I think my political, my spiritual, my parental, the, the way I dress, the way I live my life, I, I stand by it. But if somebody else has a different opinion or a different way or a different outlook, I don't think they're wrong. But I think that's where we get caught up is all this angst about not only am I right, but you're wrong. And so we have to fight the wrong to -hmm. convince the person that they're wrong. And yet trying to convince somebody that they're wrong, I think is one of the least inspiring things to change. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to change my children's minds about curfew. Yeah. I'm not. No. But I'm going to think my way. They can think their way. But I'm not going to, I'm going to lose the struggle to win Yeah, that argument. Yeah. And that is accepting, mm-hmm. acceptance, accepting things as they are. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you like it. Doesn't mean what it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything else except it just <laughs> is what it is. And I think the thing that, about this that is the most difficult for me is that I will defend my point of view in my head over and over again. Like if somebody has done something that really was hurtful to me or I felt like was unkind, my my biggest struggle with this is just between my ears because my thinking will run muck, mm. and I will be defending my position in my head until I just till it wears me out. <laughs> so you're very good about keeping your mouth shut. Yes, but if I have to, still <laughs> exists in between your yeah, ears. That's where that's where that's the that's, that's the work for you. Mm-hmm, that's the work for me. Is I will go over it and I'll go over it again, and then I'll be justifying, rationalizing, justifying all everything, my feelings, my thoughts, <laughs> everything. Maybe I did and make them the cause. You know, (laughs) that's that's my struggle is between my ears. And but I tell you what, Al-Anon really helped me for that, because acceptance is a huge principle in Mm Al-Anon is that it just is what it is. And we need to get on with our lives. And if you have to step over their body and go on with your life, Mm -hmm. then that's what you do. Mm -hmm. But I and I can do that. But (laughs) but I go to town between my ears for a while. That, mm-hmm. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. I'm reading a book, and and the quote that I've I've loved the most in it is the most important conversations you will ever have <laughs> is the ones that we have with ourselves. Uh huh. And mm-hmm. it's so true. I mean, we may have mastered the art, the tongue lashing, or yes. the unleashing, yes, or the temper or the anger, yeah. But I'm with you. The spin is still, yeah. 
I've got massive spin in my head. I mean, I hate that you even said that because <laughs> I'm like, damn it, me too. <laughs> Maybe it's contagious. <laughs> well, and, and you know, then, then I get to the point where I'm like, I mean, I'm tired, you know, <laughs> I haven't slept well because this has been going on in my head for a long time or whatever. And then I'm finally like, okay, all right, get over yourself, Janice, and stop thinking about it. So then you have to do thought replacement mm-hmm. about at, the thing. About the thing. Because <laughs> really, what I want to do is take a billboard out on 35, <laughs> blasting the person that did me wrong. <laughs> Uh, I'm so nice. I think that uh, so many people are like, thank God Janice <laughs> is saying that right now. <laughs> Tom, what were you going to say? I thought I heard you about to pipe up. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, so you're saying the opposite <clears throat> of what homegirl that we had lunch at Neighborhood Services with was doing. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And if listeners don't know what we're talking about, it was an episode a while ago, but we, and it's too long to go into, but, but this girl did not practice that, what we're talking about. She was ready to change and she thought she was right and everybody else was wrong. There wasn't an opinion that didn't go unturned in her mind. Her opinions were facts. Yeah. Yeah. Unproven facts. Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know what? I think to to that point, I think those are some of the most difficult people to be around. I just don't even want to have lunch with those people. No, no. Because if you don't have an open mind and you think you're right and everybody else is wrong, there's no room for me there. There's no room. I don't want, that's not my playground. Right. I want to get on the seesaw too. Yeah, <laughs> you're Ex- hogging it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there, you know, it, and that's the thing that's so interesting about like, you know, politics and all of that is that it's just this banter back and forth about, and the, I mean, who knows who's right or wrong or whatever. Nobody. It just really doesn't matter. And then let's just to to that perfect example. When have you ever watched? A show where they've got a Democrat on giving one perspective on one side, (laughs) a Republican on the other side giving the other perspective. And one of them at any point in the conversation said, well, that's a really good point. Yeah. Wow. I've never thought of it like that. I, that that really changes my perspective. No, they are on the defensive or offensive Mm -hmm. continually. And you know what I want to do? Throw off. my television across the room. <laughs> I, I just don't even want to listen to that. Do you watch Succession? Oh, I'm obsessed with I, Succession. Tom, do you watch it? Uh, we do, but I love it. my opinion, I will defend. <laughs> I, I think that it's gotten pretty ridiculous. I don't feel like the dialogue is actually saying that much. I feel like they use all these like... That's a really funny, interesting... I love the show. I'm behind, so don't give anything. Yeah. I just feel like the dialogue has become more like these little one-liners and words like crush and... Uh, it's, it's real sarcastic, it's, too. Yes, oh, it's and they're really... Very ter- sarcastic. They're so terrible, you know, and they just <laughs> don't do. seem to... I don't know. I feel like the dialogue is very thin. They say a lot of words, but there's not a lot that comes out of it. That's like happening. Uh-huh. Yeah. But... Yes, yeah, so I watch it and we we love it, but 
I don't know. I feel like maybe this it's running season, out of gas. This season is running out of gas. Well, and you know, you never hear any of the characters say to their other one, "You know what? You're right." Yes. Yes. I was so off base. I with was so that. wrong. That was so disrespectful mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Mm-hmm. And they, <laughs> Connor, the oldest son, is the funniest. Oh, His. His whole thing is just, it is hilarious. My I, I'm almost is in Roman. it just for that. Roman's a hot mess. Roman too. cracks me up. <laughs> and yeah. Shiv just gives me the heebie jeebies. No doubt. <laughs> I mean, but I kind of love watching. You know, the she is pregnant in real life. Oh, is she? Uh huh. Oh. Mm-hmm. I read an article on that. Oh. Well, I didn't realize that Tom, her husband on the show, is actually English in real life. Yeah, and it's she's so Australian. Yeah, yeah, it's weird really? to hear his accent. Yeah, their accents are unbelievable. Yep. Who would have thought? That's impressive. I got to practice on my accents because I'm not doing too well on my Australian accent, and I might need to be in a commercial or something. <laughs> For sure. Somebody's going to ask you to be in a commercial. Yeah, I think so. With an Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> okay I like that one I do too I think it's just a good reminder to just I mean like Carter says it's not that deep yeah it's not that it's deep just not that but deep. it's pretty deep yeah but it's not that deep people to do. are making it so deep yeah just let live live and let live yeah I love that too mm-hmm. all right is it my turn it is <laughs> Thursday the law of intention and desire Inherent in every intention and desire is the mechanics for us for its fulfillment. Make a list of desires. Desire, sorry. Trust that when things don't seem to go your way, there is a reason. Uh, inherent. Let's see. Bu, 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 bu. Oh, I will put the law of intention and desire into effect by making a commitment to take the following steps. I will make a list of all of my desires. I will carry this list with me wherever I go. I will look at this list before I go into my silence and meditation. I will look at it before I go to sleep at night. I will look at it when I wake up in the morning. I will release this list of my desires and surrender it to the womb of creation. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Trusting that when things don't seem to go my way, there is a reason and that the cosmic plan has designs for me much grander than even those I have conceived. Number three, I will remind myself to practice present moment awareness in all my actions. I will refuse to allow obstacles to consume and dissipate the quality of my attention in the present moment. I will accept the present as it is and manifest the future through my deepest, most most cherished intentions and desires. Mm. I so love this one. I do too. And to think about what is my intent, what are my desires? Mm -hmm. What do I want? And what are my intentions? I think that's one of the most profound questions that is asked in therapy. Mm -hmm. What do you want? Mm Because people go off, you know, Mm -hmm. I went off in your office a bazillion times and I would finish my dialogue and then you would just look at me and say, Mm -hmm. well, what do you want? And I'm like, well, shit. (laughs) That's why I'm here. You tell me (laughs) what you want. (laughs) But I think that if you just ask yourself, you know, that Mm -hmm. question, it's a 
It is a profound one. And then a place of trust. I think that is so difficult for so many people. It is. And and when things don't go their way, instead of acceptance, there's often struggle or resentment or anger or bitterness. And, yeah. and, and instead of, I love the thought, accept it and trust that, that God has, has something else that's better. Yeah. That was a really difficult thing for me to trust when I was dating, you know, Uh like there's a lot of fear and like, okay, I don't think this is the best for me, but if I, if I cut things off, then I've got to start all over. And <laughs> I was if, right there with you, girl, yeah, holding your hand yeah. with that. And what if this is the best I can get? Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. And, and what if I walk away and then they walk, go somewhere mm-hmm. and that was the best? Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of them were. Yeah, none of them. And there were a slew of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we won't name names. No, <laughs> we won't. We won't. But I just, you know, it's, it's with everything. It's with finances. It's with mm-hmm. our children it's with our jobs it's you you think you have a oh golf i don't get this job i don't get this job i'm gonna die i'm gonna die like how please 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 and then you don't get the job and just trusting that there's gonna be something else yeah coming along yeah it's gonna be a better opportunity yeah i, I agree. So believe in that i do too tova i really do um okay uh the next one Oh, 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 I got to go back. Sorry. Okay. Are we on Friday? We are. Okay. The law of detachment. Man, oh, man. Uh, Allow yourself and others the freedom to be who they are. Do not force solutions. Allow solutions to spontaneously emerge. Uncertainty is essential and your path to freedom. In detachment lies the wisdom of uncertainty, and the wisdom of uncertainty lies the freedom from our past, from the unknown, which is the prison of past conditioning. And in our willingness to step into the unknown, the field of all possibilities, we surrender ourselves to the creative mind that orchestrates the dance of the universe. Wow, I love that. Mm -hmm. I will put the law of detachment into effect by making a commitment to take the following steps. Today, I will commit myself to detachment. I will allow myself and those around me the freedom to be as they are. I will not rigidly impose my idea of how things should be. I will not force solutions on problems, thereby creating new problems. I will participate in everything with detached involvement. Today, I will factor in uncertainty as an essential ingredient of my experience. In my willingness to accept uncertainty, solutions will spontaneously emerge out of the problem out of the confusion, disorder, and chaos. The more uncertain things seem to be, the more secure I will feel because uncertainty is my path to freedom. Through the wisdom of uncertainty, I will find security. I will step into the field of all possibilities and anticipate the excitement that that can occur when I remain open to an infinity of choices. When I step into the field of all possibilities, I will experience all the fun, Adventure, magic, and mystery of life. I think this is very difficult. You know, one, I was just thinking when you were reading this, I, so many people 
have said to me since Prince Charming is Dead or in Rehab came out. For those of you who don't know, that's the name of my new book. <laughs> it's fantastic. And, Ready on Amazon for you. And um, and people have said, so what are you, what are you going to, what do you, how many books have you sold? Mm. And I've said, you know, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I could find out, but I don't really need to know. Or they'll say, so what do you want to do now with it? And I'm like, mm. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care if something comes up, I'll do it, mm-hmm. you know, and then if, you know, and then, so then it's like there, I have no end attachment to the outcome. I have no attachment to the outcome. I'm just so glad that it's finished. Yeah. You know, it's a and perfect example. It's the perfect mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. It will be what it will be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And with or without effort, I mean, yeah, I do believe we we make we drive ourselves crazy, and we we spin, and we we are tireless in our efforts. I I could I could create such chaos in my brain and my life about being a mom. And the outcome of my children, mm-hmm. the outcome yeah, of my great children is not my job. It's I, actually none of your business. It's none of my business. It's not yours. It's not mine. You care. Of course. And I love, uh-huh. and I've created uh-huh. a safe, warm environment where they felt loved and cared for and fed. And, and I taught them lots of things. And, but if my children... Whether they become the next president, which I would not wish on anybody, <laughs> so that's a terrible example. But if they become something, you know, yeah. which on paper is phenomenal, or they become a homeless drug addict, I cannot take credit nor responsibility for the outcome. No. no. But I think we all want to control the outcome so desperate. Yeah, and you know the. I think that one of the reasons I think that I have done a good job of this with my daughter, do- with my adult daughters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and because I know what's on my side of the street and mm-hmm. what's not, mm-hmm. and I will ask them, "Hey, I have an opinion about this. Do you want to hear it?" And a lot of times they'll say, "No." <laughs> You know, not everybody wants to have a mother that's a therapist or a grandmother that's a therapist or a wife that's a therapist, you know, but, but there's such, there's such release in not holding on to the outcome. And it doesn't mean I don't care. I mean, Skylar and Owen are 13, so they're in middle school, you know, and now it's like, oh, it's kind of scary thinking about them getting in cars and, and driving and all of that. But it's just, it, there's such peace in not having any sort of control over the outcome. I can love them. I can help them out if they ask me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but I, I, I can't control the outcome Mm-mm. of my book, of my grandkids. Mm-mm. Yeah. My daughters. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's not ours to control. No, it really isn't. And that's really good news because I might really mess it up. Oh, I think detachment is probably one of the most difficult lessons mm-hmm. to learn in the emotional intelligence evolution. And yet I think there's 
that's where our freedom lie. Yeah, and from the moment that child is born, you know, Tom with Betty. How's Betty eight? She just turned eight. Yeah. So, you know, she's got a, a, I mean, you've got lots of years of parenting. And I can (laughs) remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I hope I don't mess this up. Mm -hmm. And you then as you go through these different stages and you you do what's in front of you to be done and then you let go of the outcome. Mm -hmm. And that's where the detachment comes in. It's not like you're just going to sit on the bark a lounger and say, oh, Betty, go do whatever you want to do. You're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. But you can't control the moment they leave your house. You can't control it. Mm -mm. And it'll make you crazy. It'll make you crazy. If you think you can. No, it'll make following your children on live 360 or whatever it is does not change the outcome. It just makes you crazy. No, (laughs) I'll never forget. I had a client come in and they were using that. And I said, Turn that off. And she said, but I won't know where my daughter is. And I'm like, that's going to be really helpful to you. (laughs) Because they will, at some point in time, they will get caught doing something. Totally. You know, and so that's all right. They'll they'll have to figure that up. (laughs) Yes. You know, there's there's this precious girl that I counsel and her dad is a really big deal at her university uh-huh and it's awful for her uh-huh. because things get back to him about her all the time uh-huh. and and the mom really likes it that all this information gets back to oh the parents my because that now she knows what her daughter's really up to and i told her this morning i was like I can't tell you how much I don't want to know what my children are doing in college. I If I had an inside camera scoop, oh. like if there was an insider, if there was a mole that could get back to me and tell me everything in a printer, car, <laughs> please don't tell me. Like, I don't want to know. They, no. That, I, what, I, no, it'd be terrible. I You'd don't probably be know. hanging in the corner. Uh, of course. <laughs> Pissing myself. I know that it's there's just things that I don't want to know. Yeah, you don't need to know. And I don't need to know. And Mm -hmm. you know what? They've got to learn all those lessons Mm -hmm. on their own, just like I did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our parents didn't have trackers or Live 360. I didn't have a cell phone. Of course not. We didn't have cell phones until our (laughs) 20s. I mean, no. I didn't have, uh-uh, no. except my mother. I told you the story. Did I tell you about my mother steaming open a letter? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I but got tell it. it well, I was, uh, I was like in, I was probably a sophomore in high school, oh, yeah. and my best friend had moved to Hearst, Texas, and so I went to visit with her and spend the weekend with her, and I came back, and uh, and I was writing. Well, when I came back, and I was in, I came to, I flew from Love Field, and I got bought cigarettes, and I was smoking in the airport because you could do it then. <laughs> and then, so then when I got home, I went out with Sam, and we drank a bunch of beer and everything. And so the next day, I was writing a letter to my friend Cheryl saying, "Okay, well, I smoked cigarettes in the airport, and then." 
Sam and I went out. We went to like a nightclub and danced and drank beer and stuff. And my mother walked in the room. And as she walked in the room while I was writing the letter, I put my hand over the letter. Mm -hmm. And so then I... She was immediately curious. So so then she just walked out and then Mm -hmm. I sealed the letter and (laughs) put it on the mailbox. And my sweet mother... Oh my gosh, she steamed it open. You only see that in the movies. Nobody and believes that that actually works, and yet obviously it, it does. did. And she pulled it out, and there was the letter to Cheryl Evidence. about me acting the fool. And so my mom and dad showed up at the high school. It oh. was basketball night, and I was that cheerleader. And my parents are walking into the gymnasium, and my my dad just takes says, his finger here. and says, "Come here." Oh. Went home. You would have thought that I had pulled a train of men, <laughs> thirty in kind. Or tried to assassinate the president, how distraught my mother and dad were. Did you know the second that you saw them come into the gym that you were in trouble? I did. I knew did you it. Know, did you know what it was? No, I didn't know what it like, was, what but did I, get I just with? knew, you know, and yeah. So my, we used to tease my sweet mom. We teased her about that for so long. Be careful. Don't leave your letters sitting around. Mom's going to steam them open. That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, that was the, that back in the day of, of moms reading cell phones and iPads and looking through pictures. And yeah, I don't want to know what's on Carter's phone. (laughs) At all. I kind of do. I don't. That would shock me. I don't know what it is. If I ever get a chance to peek at it and he gives me permission, I promise I won't tell you. I do not want the inside scoop. Ignorance is bliss. Uh Uh-huh, for sure. Okay, this is our last one. Saturday, the law of Dharma. Is it your turn to read? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you just go ahead and read it? Um, Seek your higher self. Discover your unique talents. Ask yourself how you are best suited to serve humanity. Using your unique talents and serving others brings unlimited bliss and abundance. That's the law of Dharma. Okay, so I'm going to read you the rest of it. The law of Dharma or purpose in life. Everyone has a purpose in life, a unique gift or special talent to give to others. And when we blend this unique talent with service to others, we experience the ecstasy and exaltation of our own spirit, which is the ultimate goal. I will put the law of Dharma into effect by making a commitment to take the following steps. Today, I will lovingly nurture the god or goddess in embryo that lies deep within Mm. my soul. I love that. I love that, too. I've Mm. never read that before that I remember. I will pay attention to the spirit within me that animates both my body and my mind. I will awaken myself to this deep stillness within my heart. I will carry the consciousness of timeless, eternal being in the midst of time-bound experience. Number two, I will make a list of my unique talents. Then I will list all the things that I love to do while expressing my unique talents. When I express my unique talents and see them in the service of humanity, I lose track of time and create abundance in my life as well as in the lives of others. Number three, I will ask myself daily, how can I serve and how can I help? 
The answer to these questions will allow me to help and serve my fellow human beings with love. Beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. You know, I, I, I believe so much in this, and I feel it personally such a unique sense of purpose in my life, mm-hmm. and that I've been given very specific gifts and talents to bless others that are not mine. Like I, it's not like it's not like I've cultivated all the things that are, are in me. It's just like a God given gift mm-hmm. that is my privilege to share with the world, which gives and brings me a great sense of purpose. And I tell people this all the time, whether it's a conference we have or a counseling or Bible study, that I believe so much in this, that we all have such a unique sense of purpose, specifically for the world in this time. Like, we're not a mistake. And yet I feel like so many people look at me like I have three heads when I'm saying this because they have no sense of purpose in their life Mm -hmm. and they don't even know where to start to get it. Mm -hmm. Do you experience that with people? Yeah, I think that's true because I I think that people spend too much time in their head about it rather than, I think a lot of times people can identify a purpose by what, by what, when it creates passion Mm -hmm. and when you do something and you're good at it, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, nobody, I have never spoken to anyone that has been in your Bible study or has, or knows you that doesn't go on and on and on in such a positive way about you. You have a talent that, that touches people beyond what you probably even know or imagine. But I mean, everybody says, oh my gosh, I love Tova. Oh <laughs> my gosh, really she's nice. changed my life. It's true. It's it's definitely, it is true. And you have been through, <clears throat> the fact that you have been through such very, very, very difficult losses with your children is, is, I mean, a lot of people would never have taken that wound and that sadness and used it to make the world a better place. And you have done that so beautifully. Oh, Janice, that is so nice It's of you to really say. true, well, Tova. I really appreciate that. And that means more to me than you'll ever know. But I, 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 and I, I, I accept that and I just, with a lot of gratitude, appreciate that. And... I don't think I'm special. Well, you are, but <laughs> but no special than you or Tom or anybody else that's well, walking well, this your, planet. But your talent is beyond. Right, you have a very specific special yes talent that makes you special. Yes, and I believe that I could say the exact same thing about you. And Betty and <laughs> Craig and Tom and, you know, every single Blair. Like, well, there's I think that that's grace. Yeah. And I, I and I, yeah, do, I, I believe that. that that's no accident. I right. think that 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 you you've just I just want you to really sit in that because you have done a magnificent Meg. You really have that's, been a big influence well, on a lot of people. And 
so have you. And and I think our impact is we may have different approaches or we may have, but it's equally as special and unique to you as it is to me. And it's, it's all connected. Yeah. You know, I yeah. just, I believe that connect, like you doing you ha- is really important to me becoming me and me be- doing me is really important to other people becoming them. And it's like something happens when we're all on our dance floor uh-huh. and you know, it's, it's, it's a symphony and I may play the piano and you may play the clarinet and Tom may do the cello, but together it's a beautiful, it's beautiful music. Mm-hmm. And I think that of the world and it's, we just function better as a world when we're all playing our instrument to yeah. its finest. Well, and I think that that's the really fun part of this podcast is, you know, I mean, Tom's in the booth, but he makes this possible. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally possible. You we know, just and show we're up and yep our jaws. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Act like we know what we're saying. <laughs> Don't look it up. <laughs> All I'm doing is pressing record. <laughs> That's hilarious. But you know, so then it all kind of you're right, it all plays together and it's very cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. it's but yeah, it's a small example of the way I believe the world, the world, the, world sure. the universe and all of us in it. And I, 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 I'll, I know we got to go, but I'll end with, I think that's where compassion comes in. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, we started with judgment, lose judgment. And I think it's a great place to end too, because I think if, if we love each other and, and, and walk with the least amount of judgment as possible on, on our, each other's paths, then just grace, like you said, is the answer mm-hmm. to all of it. And I, I love thinking about to say, look at people and say, oh, look, there they are being them. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I asked you last week, like, how do you, how do you walk without judgment? Just like that. Uh-huh. That's the oh, perfect look example. That's so interesting. Look at her being <laughs> look her. Look at her being her. You go, girl. <laughs> Thanks for listening, y'all. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing week. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting his Spanish practice in. He is.